What's up, everybody, and welcome to Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Wednesday, March 28th, 2018. I am documenting these podcast dates, and I've been doing this since the beginning, because if there's ever a nuclear holocaust, which I'm sure there will be, our podcast and cockroaches will be the only thing you people will have to listen to. I'm here with my co-host, Mike. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing good. How about you? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. Um... I like having neutral days where I'm not feeling any particular kind of way. I'm not sick. Yeah. I'm not depressed. I'm not happy. I'm not anything. I'm just living, and I'm here. You're just you're just mild. I'm very yes. I I will take a mild fucking thing over and see. I didn't have to say fuck just then. That was that was me not being smart enough to have a conversation fluently. So to give myself some time to think, I said the word fuck. And that's why we've made so many of our former listeners so very sad. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about right now. Um, so so you, you like a mild day instead of a picante or a spicy or flaming hot day. Yes. Now, a lot of people say antidepressants, they don't like it because they make you mild like that all the time. I'm not on any antidepressants right now. Um, but I tell you what. I like when you bend to the extremes that I have feelings wise and me- and anxiety wise. You kind of want a little bit of mild, mild waters. Well, yeah, yeah. So do I. I mean, especially lately. Um, but things have definitely they've started to get they've started to get better, as my mouth is still trying to uh, wake up to uh, the rigors of the podcast. Um, Things have gotten better on my front. You don't want to. You, you still don't want to be too specific about what you're dealing with. It might. No, I, I, don't, I don't really want to be super specific okay. about it. But um, you know, things are getting better. Uh, certain uh, things have been attempted that I think are starting to make progress. And, and they're we'll family, family related, correct? Yeah, family, okay. re- fam, a family related, family. <laughs> Uh, I'll tell you family related. <laughs> I say God, guns, country, and family, man. I'll tell you all, what. All, all, all of a sudden, I'm trying to be like Dr. Phil there. <laughs> or Gary Gitchell. They, yeah. they they must be related. Some kind of like second cousin or something. Oh, you know, we can add a third person to that mix. Um, uh, Jeffrey Tambor's character, Hank Kingsley from the Larry Sanders show. He also looks yeah. just like Dr. Phil or Gary Gitchell. Uh-huh. Uh, only, people are only going to know of Dr. Phil in that line of names we just named. But that's, that's okay. <laughs> That's normal for this podcast. But um, in terms of school stuff, uh, the load's a bit heavy, but I'm doing the best I can. I'm finally caught up with DTC and work for that class, but now I got other stuff to catch up with. I don't like my creative writing teacher just dumping shit on me like with not much time to prepare for. It's like randomly... A day before class or whatever, he's just like, oh, well, there'll be no class today, but I want you to write uh, two uh, write-ups about these things. And then I want you to go out to a random place that you've never been to, and I want you to observe the surroundings. Okay, all right. And and I would like you to interview people. And I'm like, no, that's not happening. <laughs> does, it, does it feel like he's just like pulling this out of his ass as he goes along? Yeah, sometimes it does. And it's just <laughs> frustrating, because it's like, this is not even in the syllabus. Like, you're just fucking throwing shit at me. And it's like, oh, you should also go to these lectures... 
on Wednesday nights from like seven to nine. Uh, it's he says it's mandatory, but then earlier in the class he was like it's not. But then in a message on Blackboard he's like it's mandatory. I'm like, what are you gonna do? Fail me because I didn't go to these damn lectures. I'm not going to these lectures. So uh, I love how college professors who who uh, teach one class. It's like they think that all the students in that class are only taking that one class exactly. in the entire career of their college. It's like. Hey, hey, douchebag, you realize I got like three other fucking classes with dickheads yeah. like you who are piling <laughs> on the same amount of crap. Yeah, I, I loved that about college. Like the professors thought their class was the only one you were ever taking. Mm -hmm. And so they gave you enough work to make up for, you know, account for all that. <laughs> It's funny you say the word syllabus, though, because I haven't, I haven't, I've, I haven't yeah. heard that word in a long time. It reminds me of uh, this one teacher I had, and he had the worst lisp in the entire world and he'd always be like syllabus check the syllabus you, you got to check the syllabus look at the syllabus just check the syllabus so he sounds like gay al from south park <laughs> kind of kind of i don't think he was gay though he just had like this really yeah crazy yeah. lisp which is i mean i know this joke has been beaten into the ground but what a cruel word like way to label that condition you know lisp because somebody yeah. who has a lisp is going to have a very hard time saying that word. Yeah. It, it makes people with non-lisps have lisps. It sounds lisps. like that was intentional, almost. It's a douchebag move, much like calling dyslexia, you know, naming dyslexia dyslexia. You know, people with yeah. dyslexia will probably have a hard time writing dyslexia. Uh -huh. But yeah, um, I'm, I'm actually uh, shooting uh, a new music video for my album, The Nightmare Inside You, which I'm going to bombard you people with a uh, commercial uh -huh. for after this podcast. So you better and stick around is, listen to that. This is the music video where you're uh, dressed in a skin-tight dive suit, right? You're going diving? Um, you know, it's very diplomatic of you to call it a dive suit, Mike, but actually it's an S&M, uh, like a BDSM oh, like kind of uh, suit that I'm wearing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So so it's a rubber it, well, for your body. It's lycra, which is oh lycra. Okay. It's hard to describe what lycra is. It's it's like a hybrid. No, it's like this, like the stuff that people use for bike shorts. Yeah, I get it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. I didn't I didn't know what bike shorts were made out of, but I yeah, think they're made out of that. lycra. I could be wrong. But yeah, I'm shooting that music video. Um, so it's a body stocking. Yes. I think you'll enjoy the cinematography, Mike. I'm using my uh, one of my old cameras, the H, oh. the Panasonic HVX 200, the same video camera that the uh, angry video game nerd used for his first like 200 or not 200, the first like 100 episodes. Okay. And it uh, it it adds it adds that very soft feel that 80s and 90s movies had. <laughs> um, it, uh -huh. Like the, because you know these like HD cameras now they're like super sharp and crisp. Yeah, and they are. You can see every little stuff. Like, looks kind of fake. You don't have that same film quality. Yeah. So this this um, even though this is a digital camera, it's it is a um, it's a beast. It's a camcorder and it, mm -hmm. it does it does have that soft look. And I'm very happy with the uh, yeah. video so far. You can like my. Um, fan page uh just search dancing with ghosts on facebook and there's a fan page as you can see he's he's definitely he's changing the topic as fast as possible he's like what snm body no i didn't i didn't I i'm not wearing not an snm body stocking i i have, I have <laughs> i'm just wondering i'm just wondering where, where did you actually go to some store and buy that let me tell you something mike i <laughs> wish I wish there was a store that i could have went and got that you know how hard it was trying to it not the body stocking but 
I had to find. I wanted to find a gimp mask because in the for, for the <laughs> for the course of the video, I want to be a gimp for the video. Okay, yeah, it's just for the yeah, video. Yeah, everyone's making their jokes about that. <laughs> sure, it's for the video. It's like guys, uh, you know me at this point. If I for the video, if I was into that shit, I would tell you and uh, unashamedly and unabashedly. Yeah. But uh, no, I was trying to get a gimp mask. You would not believe how hard it is to find a good gimp mask online. Like I searched 20 different hmm. BDSM websites and all the gimp masks were like, there's like literally five different styles out there and that's it. And they all look stupid. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I was thinking about like the gimp from Pulp Fiction. Like yeah. his, his mask was pretty badass. It had the zipper on the mouth and the eye holes and it looked all maybe creepy. that was custom made that's why all the other ones look pretty stupid is because they're nothing like the ones you see in the movies yeah it's gotta it's gotta be some kind of prop shop or prop department or something that handles that in uh los angeles because like then i started thinking about slipknot and um you know i'm not the biggest fan of their music but i think their masks are pretty fucking cool and i'm like mm -hmm. well how do they because you know if you go and try to get a mask it's all this cheap latex fake as fuck looking $15 Halloween store bullcrap. I didn't want that. You know, I want something real. I finally found one and I'm pretty happy with it. And I think it's going to look scary, but man, it was difficult. So that's <laughs> that's what I'm going to be doing for the next few weeks and have been doing because uh, I don't know, man, okay. I'm just a workhorse. So is, is the possum going to be involved in this new video or anything like that? Oh my God. Mike, are you really, are you really keeping that dying flame? Uh, try, you're trying to keep that burning? Hey! You did that to me. <laughs> Payback's a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, I, I I really haven't heard from that fucking possum okay, in right. in a, a a solid week and a half, two weeks. I think he's moved on to greener pastures or died or whatever the case may be. But uh, you know, I, I'm over it. Honestly, I'm, well, that's good. Yeah, you're you're, you're not sad that he left you. Uh, no, and I'm especially not sad that people don't <laughs> seem to be bringing it up as much anymore. So that's a good thing. All right. Mm. So let's actually get started and, and talk about some unsolved mysteries. Oh, before that, quickly, I want to I want to give a big shout out to one of our listeners, Eddie Romero. Um, I know you guys probably, if you remember me uh, bitching about um, my friend in high school who was scalping the Super Nintendo minis. Yeah. The games, the game system. I know like two percent mm -hmm. of people are going to care about this right now. Eddie. Um, his brother, I guess, went to a Walmart over where he actually lives in your state, Mike. He lives in Washington. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, he went there, I guess, in the morning. I guess he went there early enough to find, like, two, and he bought oh. two. And, and uh, Eddie, uh, is uh, he sold me one at retail price. Nice. Instead of jacking it up, he could have easily went to Craigslist and scalped it, but he didn't because he's a good shit. And he uh, sent it to me in the mail. So I'm going to be getting an wow. SNES Mini. Yeah, so suck Are it. Are you going to be doing a video about it? Um, you know, I know it'd be like uh, way late. Yeah, you know, it's, since it's you, all, all you miss that window. But I miss windows all the time with movie reviews, and I'm just like, fuck it, I just want to put this video up. Yeah, but the thing about your movie reviews, a lot of times, is like you're doing movies that there's not already five billion reviews out on. Well, there kind of are. Like if I do it on a more newer film, well, yeah, like if, that's true. When I go get around to reviewing Death Wish with Bruce Willis. Yeah, reviews of that have already been up. So, yeah, but not true. my review. <laughs> not so not your review. Th that that can be the difference because it's my point of view, which can be similar to other people's or different. 
Yeah, I might do a review on it. I, I, I don't know. We'll see. Um, I might do. I mean, not, you don't necessarily have to have it like to be super fancy or show every. I mean, I'm just curious to see like what your thoughts will be on it. Like you could be. I mean, is it really design wise? Uh, is the cord longer for the uh, controller? Because I know that was an issue with the NES Mini. Yeah. Is it worth the price? versus just getting a Raspberry Pi or some of these other options or just using an emulator. Well, I can answer you know, that, that question right now. No, I mean, Raspberry Pi is going to be superior, but the difference is, and again, 2% two of people care about this right now, and I understand, trust me, we'll be over this topic in a second, but <laughs> um, it's, it's for the collector nerds like me. Like, Super Nintendo yeah. is probably my favorite Nintendo console. It's official. It's an official release by Nintendo. Well, no, you have a lot of SNES games. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I love the Super Nintendo. I, nostalgia out. I love it, too. Yeah, nostalgia value out the ass for me. So it's it's for, you know, us nostalgia freak 20-something-year-olds, you know, who grew up with that stuff, and now we're, you know, yeah. we want to buy back our childhood, essentially. I, I, think, I think Nintendo just made the availability limited just to sell more or or just to like they, they do this a lot they create this false sense of rarity uh with nintendo it wasn't a false sense just, it was a very real sense because it was well they, they did it on purpose that's what i'm saying but like they could easily create more and not really cost them that much oh yeah they're just uh they're just dickhead creating this uh oh that sense of rarity that's what i'm saying is because they don't produce as many or don't send as many to retailers as they could they did that before with amiibos and then they were super popular they were super rare and then they offloaded a shit ton from a warehouse and they were no longer rare anymore so yeah yep so that this this concludes the um josh and mike chit chat portion of josh and mike chit chat about video games (laughs) that that could be a whole different podcast honestly we could do like three or four (laughs) different podcast themed things i think with how we just fucking yammer on about stuff but Uh, but um let's actually get right into some unsolved mysteries uh talk about some segments from the show we're going to start out with my pick which is from season three, because I'm still on season three, working on finishing it. Well, Josh is all the way up to season 12, so I got a long ways to go. Yeah, Mike. <laughs> What's wrong with you? What's your problem? I thought you were a fan of the show, poser. I am a fan of the show. I'm just trying to sa- savor it, you know? I can I can feel that. I, I, I haven't even been watching Unsolved Mysteries lately. I've been watching Larry Sanders' show, so I, I need to take a break from it. All the murders are starting to get to me. Which is what we're about to talk about now. <laughs> exactly. Fantastic. So, uh, this is the case of Tracy Kirkpatrick. She was a store clerk at a, I think it was a closed store, and she ended up getting murdered. So, in early of 1989, Tracy Kirkpatrick was a quiet teenager in the small town of Frederick, Maryland. Her passion was writing poetry. As her mother, Diane, explains, it got her through tough times. She expressed her feelings through her writing. She wrote a lot of lonely poems. She was very intelligent. She was a hard worker. She loved people, and she loved to be around people. And she loved to have a lot of friends and everything. This is an oxymoron. Her statement here is a total oxymoron. She wrote a lot lot of lovely poems. But she loved people, and she loved to be around people, and she loved to have a lot of friends and everything. She wrote it's a like, lot of lonely she, poems. You said lovely poems. Why is she poems. writing 
Oh, okay. I meant lonely. All right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but I, they were probably pretty lovely too. Um, I'm sure. Lovely, I, but, but I mean, honestly, like, what teenager doesn't write lonely, sad poems? I mean, yeah. I don't know if it's just the circle that I hung out with in school, but like, if you're a teenager and you write a poem. Nine times out of ten, it's going to be sad and lonely because you're feeling, you know, you're having to blend into the middle school, high school dynamic. But she's and saying she has all, a lot of friends and everything. So why is she writing lonely poems? I mean, I, I think I have a point here. It's kind of like... Well, you know, it, it could be one of those cases where the where her mom, which, by the way, is a total babe for anyone wondering, although she, <laughs> although she does have a mullet. Swing! Yeah, her mom does have, like... A, Totally has a mullet, like short in the front, long in the, the back. The mullet. Yeah, a fem mullet. Fem mullet? I don't know. <laughs> Why do you have to genderize it, Mike? Why can't it just be a mullet? Um, genderize? Is that a word? I just made it up. If it is, um, it could be one of those cases where her mom, like most people's moms, think that their kid is, you know, oh yeah, he's got a lot of friends and they're very happy and. Yeah, in all maybe reality, you know, they're yeah. not, you know. So. Yeah. So during Tracy's senior year in high school, she worked two part time jobs, one of them as a sales clerk in a clothing store. On the night of March 15th, 1989, Tracy was assigned to close the store and add up the day's receipts. 15 minutes before closing time, she was alone. It was 8 45 p.m. Two hours later, a security guard noticed that the lights were still on in the store and that the front door was unlocked. When the guard called out, he got no response. He went in to investigate. In a back storage room, he found Tracy's lifeless body and called the police. At about the same time, Tracy's parents were on their way to the mall. It was nearly 11 p.m. and Tracy was more than an hour late coming home. Tracy's mother arrived to see the police at the scene. I thought, That's yeah. I thought the parents were really good, like in the re yeah. in the reenactment, um, because it, it was like the basic conversation you'd think like parents would say, like when they're driving up. It, mm -hmm. it the the dads all like you're worrying for nothing, and then they pull up and they see the the cops, and you know, and, and you you it conveys the same fear that you might fear if you if you that you might feel if you have a kid and yeah, you drove it, up it's on heart wrenching. That. Yeah, it, it, it's it's a sight that no parent or anybody who cares for somebody in their family or a loved one ever wants to see you never that's like one of the worst case scenarios yeah i couldn't i couldn't even you know you like i think growing up i was pretty paranoid like i always say and uh mm -hmm. it's from shows like this to be honest and i i always have seen cops by my house at certain times or, or things near where i live and and thank thank goodness it was never my family that was affected by these things so i i just can't even imagine like well i mean when when i had to call the the police to handle a, a situation at home i it was extremely traumatic for me i mean when did this I, happen I, 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 that was a while ago um it's when i had to call i had to call the the cops to uh deal with uh my stepfather when he was having when he had his first mental breakdown and so I remember I was like shaking like I was just uh, I could not like the the officer came up uh, I, I walked outside talked to him and I was just I was just shaking like crazy because there's just so much uh, emotions and all these other sort of I don't know if it's adrenaline or whatever yeah, probably but, like, adrenaline to a certain extent yeah it, it was it was crazy like it was like 
it was almost like I had walked out of like a freezing cold ice flow or something. It was nuts. So Tracy's mom is quoted here. She says, I said, is she all right? Can I see her? And when he shook his head, no, I just blocked out everything. I didn't want to hear the rest of what was going to be said to me. Did someone have it against her so much that they would do something like to, like that to her? She never did anything to hurt anybody. Police found no motive for Tracy's murder, and the detectives were baffled. Then, three months later, they got their first break. A phone call recorded by a nationwide confession hotline. And this is the full message here. I'm going to try to do my best to read it. Hello, my name is Don, and I'm calling from Frederick, Maryland. I know this is going to sound surprising at first... But five months ago, I stabbed a girl to death. And I'll bet you think by making this call that I'm setting myself up to get caught. But there are a lot of guys named Don and Frederick. The girl I killed was working in a ladies' sportswear store. I often came by and visited her when she was working alone. And one night, when we were in the storeroom, our conversation turned into an argument. So I took out a knife that I keep with me at all times and I killed her. And a few days later, I realized that I had created a lot of sadness, and I thought about turning myself in. But no matter what they do to me, that won't bring Tracy back. So I thought I better keep free because they have the death penalty in Maryland. I'm sorry for what I did, but nothing can change it. Oh my God. Bye. Ugh, that makes me so fucking mad. Yeah, I oh know. Oh my god. You just want to like reach through the phone and strangle this fucker. Uh-huh. Like you fucking yeah. pussy on top of all that, you know. Oh, they got the death penalty, so I'm, I better stay free. No. Mm-hmm. No, you you should you should be dead. And you should have thought about the bringing a lot of pain and sorrow to people before you fucking stabbed her. You should have been able to have the emotional intelligence to think if I take a another life, then I'm going to create a lot of sadness for people. Because that's why normal people don't walk around killing people. Well, other than, you know, the whole going to jail thing. But hopefully, if you're a fully realized individual, you will realize that, well, even if I did get away with it, I couldn't fucking live with myself. That's why me personally, Josh speaking here, I could never go to war uh, and fight for my country because I just couldn't be put up against having to take another life, even though it's technically legal in that sense, if they're an enemy, I couldn't live with myself. And Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying, not saying those, you know, not saying people who are in the military are like psychotic or anything like that, but I'm just saying me personally, Mm -hmm. like I wouldn't be able to do that shit. And, uh, you know, it, it, God, man, I just, there's so many layers of fucked up to this onion. I can't even, you know. Yeah. And, you can doubt the legitimacy of that. Like you would say, is this some guy pulling the prank? But I don't know. I mean, it sounds so genuine. Like the way I tried to imitate his inflection the best I could. And it was just this very surreal inflection where he's just like, he sounds it like, seemed pretty genuine. He sounds like most killers sound when they confess yeah. things on, you know, on yeah. tape. You know, he's got this There's very... There's no empathy. Yeah, There's exactly. There's no empathy whatsoever. Just a, a hollow voice you know a very uh yeah like like he could have just admitted to making a peanut butter jelly sandwich or killing someone it's the same difference to him yeah people like that he could just be like i made 
uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I had a glass of milk. And I killed and somebody. Then, and then I killed somebody. And you know, I can already tell and you right I'm now. Sorry. I can already tell you right now that argument that they got into that he's talking about. Yeah. 99% sure it was, would you go out with me? And she was yeah. like, uh, no, I'm good. Come on, please. Uh, no, please politely fuck off. Bitch! You know, yeah. I, I can guarantee you it's one of those. That's yeah. how that conversation went. Something like that. So the confession hotline staff then sent the tip to the Frederick police. And Corporal Barry Horner remembers the call. The sincerity that I heard in that voice and the knowledge that the person was displaying, talking about what he had done, at that point convinced me that I was probably listening to the killer. And that is so chilling. It really is. Uh, yeah. The fact they actually played the tape. I mean, there was other instances where they played the tape, too. There was another case we talked about where they played a confession tape. But I don't remember it, you know, if, I don't remember it off the top of my head. Um yeah, when you say it was chilling, like I, I literally felt at that at that point in the in the segment, like I, I literally thought in my head, like this is this is chilling. <laughs> like that's the exact yeah, word that yeah. came to my mind, you know? Exactly. So the police then traced the call back to a supermarket eight miles away in Walkersville, Maryland. Corporal Horner thinks this was significant. If it was a killer, he wanted to be caught. And he was seeking help through this hotline. Two weeks later, on October 24th, Frederick Police received another phone call. This time it was a woman named Martha Woodworth. She found she told police she was a psychic and had been contacted by a young man who identified himself only as Sean. Woodworth told police that Sean had contacted her repeatedly. He was obsessed with finding the person who had murdered Tracy. She asked Sean for more information, and he eventually sent her home some newspaper clippings about the crime. When I received the envelope with his handwriting on the outside, I thought this person has a much stronger involvement than just being a friend who's interested. I found the handwriting extremely disturbing, so I felt it was my responsibility to alert the police that I had a potential suspect for them. I love that. The psychic is like, I found the handwriting extremely disturbing, because apparently it gave her this negative aura or something well i can tell you right now anybody who has purchased my one of my physical cds and i had to like ship it out to them <laughs> and fill out the address on the envelope they would come to that exact same conclusion my friend that my handwriting also looks very very disturbed i think they'd come to the come to the same conclusion with mine too because it's not that good i mean it looks like someone took a hammer to all of my fingers and then i had to like <laughs> instantly after that try to like write these I don't know. Your handwriting might be better than mine. Like my handwriting used to be absolutely terrible when I was younger, so it's better than that now. But there are instances where I've had teachers who have had worse handwriting than me, which is shocking. Or a doctor writing a prescription or something. I mean, what is it up with these like teachers and doctors with like shitty handwriting? Like I, I don't understand. Dude, this, it doesn't make any sense. We are like treading into hacky 1980s stand-up comedy material yeah, right now. Yeah, but it's true. What's it, up it with these doctors and their bad handwriting? But it's true it is sometimes. True. It is true. I, I agree. I actually made that comment once. I used to work in the pharmacy at CVS. I made that comment one time to someone who walked... Yeah, I think he was a doctor. I was like, what's up with you guys' handwriting? You know, And he kind of like... Yeah. He had a good laugh about that. And he never gave me an answer. I don't know. <laughs> like, there's no good reason why they... The teachers is the worst, though. Especially the writing notes on your paper, like, for you to read. 
and try to glean something from. And I'm like, I I don't know. It's got to be. Like, a, even, it's got to be a speed thing with these people. Like, yeah, they're, they're ha- I mean, I've even taken papers that have had notes written on them by certain teachers and handed them off to different people in my family, and they're like, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah, you should see some of the people who fill out karaoke slips to sing songs. Like, God, there's some people where I literally like go around the restaurant taking a poll. Like, what do you think this person said? Is it A, this song, B, this song, or C, they want a tuna fish sandwich? I don't fucking know. Your guess is as good as mine, but I can't really they, say they shit. Misspell the, they misspell the title of the song, or they, or they just write some artist, and you're like, I... What song do you want? Yeah. Do you run into that? Oh, God. Oh, yes. All the time. <laughs> People will say, they'll just walk up to me, stare at me straight in the eye, and they'll go, Bon Jovi. <laughs> I'm like, yes, that is a word that you just said. And <laughs> and they're just like, Bon Jovi. And I'm like, I just have to like close my eyes and put my hand on my forehead and be like, he wrote more than one song, you stupid motherfucker. <laughs> oh. Then I have to, then like, because uh, I. You want to be like, do you want the song Bon Jovi by Bon Jovi? Yeah. That doesn't fucking exist. <laughs> and then like, like their bitch, which I have to be at that point, I have to rattle off yeah. all the songs. Do you want Dead or Alive? Do you want Living on a Prayer? Do you want Bad Day or Good Day or Have a Nice Day or whatever the fuck? Because I don't care about have Bon Jovi. Have a nice day. Yeah. Uh, do you, you know, and then finally they're like, oh, yeah, I want Living on a Prayer. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you see that little spot on the song slip that says song yeah guess what you're supposed to put there anyway i'm i'm really i can't i can't go into this uh this side of things but it's good stuff it's good stuff (laughs) and we're talking about murders and shit folks sometimes you gotta lighten the mood exactly so you know sad thing is one last comment i'll make about my penship if if i took my time if i really finessed the words it wouldn't look bad but yeah, it would also, could, it, the, the same would probably happen for me. But I mean, think about it. We we don't handwrite a lot of stuff anymore. Yeah, like it's all on the phone or typing it up on a computer. I mean, I'm I'm really glad that I learned the skill of being able to type on a keyboard like when I was young yeah. because that that has become infinitely helpful now because I type on keyboards all the time and I'm I don't even have to look down at the keys. Don't I'm like, ask me how to do cursive. Like I do it with my signature, but. I, Half the time it's just chicken scratch. You don't even know what it says. Yeah. <laughs> it's just scribbles. <laughs> so anyway, so she found the handwriting extremely disturbing, so she alerted the police about it. Chief Ashton played the confession tape for Martha to see if he could if she could recognize the voice. And to see if maybe he could recognize it, but he probably wouldn't. And then she was like she knew it immediately. I knew it was Sean. And in fact my heart dropped. It was very chilling to hear the voice of the person I'd been speaking to for months actually confessing to the crime. Eh, maybe it sounds similar. Maybe it was. I don't know. There's a lot of iffy up in the air type stuff. I would like so to mention. Vote, I would like yeah. to mention real quick, like these tape recorders back in the day, because I had an old tape recorder like this. Um, they have a tendency to really manipulate the voice a bit. Uh, they're not yeah. they are not a one-to-one comparison of how your voice actually sounds because I had an old tape recorder I'd just talk into it for fun because I liked that tape sound you know like it was kind of you know retro if you will and it, it really it makes it gives your voice like a softer sound like it, it kind of yeah. cuts off a lot of the hard consonants and stuff like that so they're not the most reliable things to go off of I think if you're trying to like go like 
get off, you know, someone's voice for comparison. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just my two cents on that tape recorders. So she knew it was Sean because she's a, she's a psychic yeah. and yeah. apparently she knows, she, everything. She's, she knows everything. So police followed the return address on Sean's envelope to Walkersville, Maryland. It was the same town where the call-in confession had come from. Okay, that's a good connection. The young man living at the address was not named Sean or Don, though he had sent the clippings. Police still did not have enough evidence to charge the young man from Walkersville. They asked a local DJ to broadcast the confession tape. Three people called in to say they knew the voice. They all provided the identical name, the na- a name the police recognized as a young man from Walkersville who had sent the newspaper clippings. Police searched his home for evidence the next day. Corporal Horner is quoted here. Uh, unfortunately, the evidence was examined and re-examined, and we were unable to confirm that he was either at the crime scene that night or had any particular part in this criminal act. Now, CPL is probably not corporal, because that's probably like some other thing. I mean, because it's a cop, not a... But maybe it is. Is there a corporal in the police department? Uh... <laughs> Uh, Bevith, uh, I'm not sure about that one. Let me <laughs> Google this real quick. What does CPL mean? People is probably, it captain? Pe- people probably yelling at us right now. Uh, <laughs> you know, it stands for this, you idiot. Um, it stands well, at least I'm for- doing the research to double check oh, to no. make sure I'm saying it right. No, it is It is corporal. The All right, so rank I of am. police corporal Good. is commensurate with All the right. rank of... Yeah, okay. Yeah, is it, you were right. Good. Well, fine. <laughs> so uh, they re-examined the evidence and they could not confirm anything which makes sense I mean how are you going to connect this random guy to the scene of the crime unless you have any fingerprint evidence or any of this other stuff so in the end the young man pleaded the fifth and refused to answer any questions that's a little that's definitely suspicious I mean if he really was innocent I don't think he'd be like fifth I plead the fifth. I'm not going to say anything. I don't know what the fuck I'd do. I just hope I never get caught up in the justice system again because I was in it one time when I got my DUI. But all I know is when you're in a situation like that, I've seen, I've just seen too much, you know, with the West Memphis 3 and stuff. I don't know. Yeah, they're going to try to lead you on with a confession. But if you're smart enough, you can just be like, I'm not saying anything until I have a lawyer. Yeah, but then doesn't that look suspicious, you know, according to police? Well, innocent people don't need attorneys. You know, I've heard that quoted a lot. Yeah, whatever. I mean, yeah. the evidence will speak for itself. Or I just, or they try to interrogate me and I'm like, no, 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 no. Are you done? No. <laughs> I wish I could and see that. can I leave now? And then I just leave. <laughs> Am I being detained? <laughs> <laughs> they can't really, I mean, they can't legally if they don't have, you could just be like, can I go now? All right. Have a nice day. <laughs> so, uh, Tracy's mother, though, has not entirely given up hope. She's quoted here. There has to be someone who's seen something, someone coming from that store, running from that store, leaving that store, or who heard something. And no, because uh, there really isn't much of an update, uh, except the man who called himself Don and Sean has been cleared as a suspect. All right, that's interesting. That's, I don't, okay. So he's just some weird creeper, just prank calling or messing around with the police department about cases. So the guy who, who 
apparently made this anonymous phone call and the guy who who sent the the mail the clippings to the psychic that these this per- they, they think they might be the same guy and and they've but, been cleared apparently wow okay yeah yeah they they say they determined the man calling himself don and sean had nothing to do with the murder but i don't know if the evidence that they're li- linking don and sean to get i don't i don't know like they all it is like you said is they're playing the re- police tape recorder they're playing the police tape recorder. Well, it probably is a police tape recorder. So they're playing the tape recorder message to this psychic lady who's like, yep, that's that's the guy. That's it? That's all they have? Uh, did they do any more voice analysis with this other guy, with this uh, Sean in, in person? It's like, I think they could have done a little bit more. You know what this to try to confirm you know this, the connection between the two. This boils down to the fact that we have a true psychopath that that did this because um, he he did he murdered somebody in a way that is the is the most likeliest way you will get away with a murder and that is having no connection whatsoever to the victim. This it's like that the the guy who was uh, traveling around uh, was it I I don't think it was I I seventy five I think yeah I seventy five or I seventy or something that guy who was just traveling around that area and just murdered a bunch of people yeah but I don't think he got caught either yeah you you really like that's that I mean I I've said this before but I was listening to this show where they had this police uh, like investigator or detective on there and they asked him like what is the what is the best way to get get away with a murder and the the police guy said um it it would have to be a completely random killing just about like you you couldn't have any connection to this person it would almost just have to be a completely random act and and that's honestly the best you know the best way to get away with killing somebody so you could potentially have a group of serial killers who are just going around killing people in different ways so there really is no like typical they they just strangle their victim or they do this or that. They make it a they they make it I'm trying to think of the right word. They make it a mission, their mission to make it look as much like a random act of violence as possible. Like that's a scary thought that there could people be people like that out there. Yeah, well, I'm, I mean, I'm sure there is, you know, I mean, yeah, but, you know, you think about it, like if you have any connection to the person that you kill, well, that's a, that's a, that's, that's what separates psychopaths from murderers because a murderer is just a dumbass or just a piece of shit. A psychopath is a psychopath. That's why if they are tried as being crazy, they get a different, you know, or not crazy is not the technical term here, but you know, whatever, I'm not a fucking this is not psychotic. Yeah, if they're 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 tried that way, they get a different sentence than someone who's tried as a murderer. Because a murderer with a murderer, there's intent. You're angry at somebody. You're trying to get revenge. You're trying to get but money. Even, even people with psychopathic tendencies, like serial killers, like they're tried and they are not considered to be so far gone that they cannot go on trial. You know, well, they need they, to be get, heavily medicated and have years of no. You know, well, some of them don't. They're they're sociopaths, and they're also they're sociopaths with psychotic tendencies. A lot of serial killers are like that. That's why they're able to blend in with the rest of society so well. Yeah, but my point is like it's almost like they don't even 
they can't even they don't have that human ability to realize what they're even doing like that doesn't yeah, exist that, in that's, their head that's because it's they're extreme sociopaths they have no empathy but like a murderer like your typical murderer who's murdering for a reason well, I mean, like a crime of passion or something but even the serial killers they kind of you look deep into it all their murders happen for some kind of reason because of something that happened when they were uh, a kid or something or these other things that have shown up in their adulthood so it's complicated there's all different types of killers and scumbags and shitheads i'd say at the end of the day <laughs> just don't kill people and you'll be good yes, you'll, don't do you'll that. be good in no. my book yeah unless you absolutely have to like if, if it's uh for a means of survival then wow look, i mean listen to mike adding a caveat to that statement no it's i mean pretty it's true. suspicious what do you mean it's <laughs> No, it's true. Think about it. Like if somebody is is breaks into your house and is going to kill you, what? You just let him kill you? No, you And it was on Wednesday, March 28th that Josh truly realized Mike's bloodthirsty <laughs> nature. His lust for blood would not be quenched by just one. <laughs> oh, bullshit. How many people have to die, Mike? <laughs> oh, bullshit. Come on. You know you do the same thing if you had to. Dude, I would hate to do that, but I mean, if it, I would hate to do it too, but like if you have if it's yeah, the only if option. It's you or, if it's you or the other person, then yeah. And if the other person has put themselves in that Yeah, like if someone breaks in your house, people love using the example of people breaking into your house like that happens all the time, but it really No, it doesn't, really doesn't, but, but that that's like the gun lobby. That's like their favorite. Like, well, if someone breaks into your house, blah 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 blah, and it's like, yeah, you know, in that case, yes, if someone breaks in, yeah, or if you're accosted, if you're mugged, if you, on the street, if, if they're that close to you and and you you can't get the slip on them, I don't, I don't, I mean, you could try to pull out a weapon, but more often than not, you're better off just giving them what they want and hope they go away because if, if they have a knife and you have a gun i mean i think you're better off you know, if they got the knife up to your throat or in your back yeah what are you gonna yeah, do pick up yeah. your gun you know they're gonna be looking no for the, all the better thing would be to know self-defense so you could like find a way to disarm them well the best thing would be to have like a super mutant power like wolverine <laughs> or cyclops or something or deadpool it's like and just yeah, heal. sure they, buddy they could stab you but then you just be like whatever man let, i'm still alive let me just take off my sunglasses <laughs> as soon as the sunglasses come <laughs> the off the healing factor would be the best one because they just stab you as many times as they want it's not going to do anything yeah well, wolverine's too powerful of an x-men if you ask me deadpool is just has a healing factor but he also has cancer so that's that's a bad bad trade-off huh i say i don't know so, anything about deadpool i need to <laughs> i need to watch one of those damn movies so anyway um it's still unsolved police have since determined the man named it calling himself don and sean and nothing to do with the murder i don't know how however they since narrowed down their list of suspects to two people including don barnes jr the security guard that found her body interesting oh, his name is don okay too Barnes's father was a police chief at the time of the murder, and some have suggested that he covered up the evidence in the case. However, this has not been confirmed. Yeah, if that was the case, it would not be confirmed, because that that would just be covered up. His name is Don. He found the body. He worked at the at the at the uh, store because he was a security guard there. Yeah, that definitely does raise some red flags. Yeah. I don't know about you. Yeah, no. Yeah, no, it well, does. 
While police say that they are not certain that they will get a conviction at this point, they believe an indictment is possible. DNA testing of samples found at the scene began in March 2009. It is unknown if any evidence was found. They just did that? They did that in 2009? Don't, you can't tell me they didn't, they just, they just finally did DNA testing. You're not going to find shit. This happened in 1989? You did DNA sample testing 20 years later? Yeah, dude. No, that's not true. DNA lasts a long time. Like the Boston Strangler case. I'm just saying they might have cleaned it up, though. That's what I'm saying. Well, I don't know. I mean, anyway, we got to move on to our next case here because I got got a limited amount of time. But the killer is yet to be identified or apprehended. That sucks. Uh, Pour one out for uh, Tracy. I wanted to. uh, mention this uh, poem real quick though okay because that was a good poem it was a poem that was written by christina rossetti and uh, tracy read it to her family members just a couple of months before she was killed and this is inscribed on her tombstone and the voiceover actress they got to read this this is really this is another chilling aspect of this segment remember me when i am gone away gone far away to the silent land where you can no more hold me by the hand Yet if you should forget me for a while, and afterwards remember, do not grieve. For if the darkness and corruption leave a vestige of thoughts that I once had, better by far you should forget and smile than you should remember and be sad. Yeah, see, that's why I can't write poetry, because if I had written something like that, I would have already dropped the F-bomb like twice in there. (laughs) And if you fucking forget about me, and then you remember again, uh, so you do, so you just be like, "Don't you fucking forget about me?" I love I love throwing like uh, bad words into like old eighties songs uh, randomly, <laughs> um, like I go crazy on you, batshit crazy on you. <laughs> that's that's a seventies song, but whatever you get yeah. the point. Anyway, let's move on to our next case here. Just, just a tasty, tasty primavera. Just love this case. I love it. I don't love what happened, but the this being like, like just a, I don't know, one of those solid unsolved mystery segments. Like you have, like, I don't know. I just like segments that deal with losers because like maybe it makes me feel better about my own life. But this guy, this guy. This guy is like, as I first said to Mike, this guy's like a neckbeard loser. Um, but he doesn't have a neckbeard. He doesn't have a neckbeard, but he's got all the... He's a clean-shaven neckbeard loser. A clean-shaven per his uh, mugshot here that I'm staring at. <laughs> um, but yeah, this guy is just is such a fucking... You've met people like this guy. Like, when I, when I describe this guy and how he is, just, you know, l- probably low self-esteem or, 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 or compensating for something he doesn't have in life or didn't have mm-hmm. growing up. So he's just wooing uh, all these teenage girls, this 40-year-old man with all these tales of, oh, I was in the Irish Republican Army and I'm the sole heir to the, uh-huh. the Starfire fortune and also the kind of shit. So let's delve into this loser named Strider Starfire, which <laughs> I didn't know there was a Marvel character named Strider Starfire, but... Uh, you know, apparently... Uh, I think there's a DC character named Starfire. There's actually... There's a X-Men named Starfire, I believe, and there is definitely a Strider, but that's ca- a Capcom game called Strider. But anyway... Yeah. He sounds like he should be a Marvel character, but he's instead just a it, pedo. It, 
it, it's like it's like the name that Will Smith's character had in After Earth, Cipher Rage. Oh yeah, it's just totally. <laughs> 100% made up. Like, literally, uh, it sounds like the names, like, because when I was a kid, I played with action figures. I gave all my action figures names like Spike and Fire, yeah. and, you know, this, like, <laughs> totally sounds like a name I would give one of them. just be Spike Fire. Yeah, right? exactly. <laughs> like, I'm going to call you Strider Starfire. Like, but the, the sad thing is, though, this guy was, like, in his 40s, so it's not exactly the same. No. Um, after a late summer fishing trip on the Snake River in Washington, Strider, Starfire, and another man headed for home. With night approaching, they were worried about getting back before dark. As the boat sped across the water, Starfire reached for a beer from an ice chest. The boat's driver heard his dog yelp, and when he turned around, Starfire was gone. He was never seen again. He was snuffed out. The apparent accidental drowning of, Star, of Strider Starfire has been in question ever since. It wasn't long before investigators learned that Starfire actually had a good reason to disappear. Starfire was a family man. He, his wife, and their two young children lived in the small town of Roseburg, Oregon. I know all about Roseburg because um, one of my grandmothers lived there, so I used to go drive to Roseburg every Thanksgiving and go visit my grandmother because uh, it's my grandmother's mother and she passed away a, a while ago but um i wasn't super close but you know my my grandmother was any impressions on the place uh roseburg yeah it's definitely a small town it's <laughs> nice there's there's some you know it's quaint it's got its charm though but yeah i was like whoa okay i, I, I am fairly familiar with roseburg so it's crazy to know that this shit went on in in that idyllic uh, setting of my childhood. So it's like <laughs> that's kind of disturbing to to a certain extent. <laughs> well, it is. It's sort of it's crazy. It's crazy to know that this is this you know that, that this kind of stuff happened. I I didn't know Roseburg had anything like that that had happened in in that particular town. So I mean, uh, it's it's. But that's how it is for, like, any town, really. All right, so in the early 1990s, the 14-year-old daughter of a family friend often spent time with them. We'll call her Lisa. Lisa had grown up without a father, and she became like a second daughter to Starfire and his wife. Those who spent any time with Starfire would usually fall under the spell of his incredible charm. <laughs> the actress they got to reenact Lisa, she's totally not 14. Uh, they didn't even try. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, I understand why they didn't because of the subject material, of course. Well, I don't, I don't really care about any of that as far as a segment goes. Well, actually, I will say that the uh, the actor that they got to portray Strider is equally dorky looking. In fact, more dor dorky well, it, looking. It, it, he was. It was a great uh, choice. It was. Great casting it was. Choice. Yeah. Because, I mean, you look at I, this... I love when they say he's charismatic. I'm like, this guy's just weird. <laughs> but he's... Uh, charismatic. It, 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 it just sounds crazy to me. Like, this is a guy... Just He just he just looks like he smells like bullshit. Like, I, I'd just be like... Smell him coming from a mile away. And I'd, and I'd just be talking about his... Regaling me with stories of... Uh, special Being in the special forces in Vietnam. And all this shit. And I'll be looking at... Looking at him and being like, bullshit. Show me some proof. Show me anything. Oh, 
Here, here's this uh, uh, laminated thing. Oh, don't, like, I can uh, make. All right, that. Mike. Don't spoil any of this shit. We're gonna get to all that. It's crazy. Sorry, it's, just he's so much. He's so full of shit. I know. I, I can't help myself. It's crazy to think how, like, in this segment, they're like, "Oh yeah, he fought in Vietnam and he was in his forties, blah blah." Dude, people who fought in Vietnam now are in like their late sixties, early seventies. Yeah, it's nuts. Like how yeah. crazy. Think about that. But um, anyway, Lisa had grown up without a father. He Starfire became like a second father or a primary father because she never had one. Mm. Um, those who spent time with Starfire following his incredible charm. He told romantic tales about his exploits while serving with special forces in Vietnam, spying for the CIA, or fighting alongside the Irish Republican Army. <laughs> this guy is totally like the the uh, Jeff Galuli's best friend from the uh, the story um, with the Tanya Harding story. If you've ever seen, the, if you've seen the film *I Tanya* or actually know of the Tanya Harding story, like the the best friend who was the bodyguard, like that's the guy who said, "Well, I was in the CIA and I was all this." Da, 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 da. Total, they're, they're, total fucking scumbag. That guy, like he would probably be best friends with this Starfire guy. They'd probably be drinking buddies. Yeah, there's a security guard who works up at uh, a place I do karaoke at, and you know he's always got a one-up you on everything. Anything you say, uh-huh. he's done it, you know, oh, I was doing, you know, I was in the military, I've seen people severed heads on spears before, and, and uh, you know, I fucked all these women, and, uh, and it's like, dude, shut the fuck. Like, how old are you, man? He looks like he's in his... You aren't Wilt Chamberlain, shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. He looks like he's in his 50s, and he's, like, still, like, talking <laughs> like we're on, like the, like, the elementary school playground, you know? Like, we have to have a pissing contest right now. It's like, dude, I don't... Okay, good fine you you don't get an award I, I hope you realize that you fucked a bunch of people all right cool which i don't I even you enjoy know, your stds yeah i don't even <laughs> think it's true but if it is like who gives a shit like like yeah exactly like, but that's that that's something that's propped up in today's society you know how many people you banged or whatever all of that uh, i think if you're in like, like middle that. school it's propped up but i, I, yeah. I think when you become an adult no one really cares in fact if you've been with a shit ton of people it's kind of like hurts your reputation if anything else yeah. So anyway, um, Mary Beth ha- uh, Havel is Starfire's ex-wife, and she's quoted here as saying, when he told us about being this crusader to help the little man, to pull the poor guy up by his boots and give the underdog his day, you tended to believe him. He wove his stories very well. Starfire also claimed that he was the last surviving member of a Scottish clan and was their sole heir to its fortunes. As Lisa grew up, she spent more and more time with Star- the Starfire family. And Star- that's definitely bullshit, because that's the one where he has the laminated. Yeah, like, okay, it's so laminated. I'm going to get to this, this part. And Starfire always made himself available to her, according to Mary Beth. Yeah. Uh, he was a father figure when she had no father. She had no qualms of believing and feeling safe with him because he'd always been safe. And yeah, so <laughs> the reenactment's hilarious because they're, <laughs> they're is, out in a park playing like baseball and shit. And it's like a picnic. Yeah, or they're something. having like a yeah. picnic. The wife and then Lisa, the teenage friend of the family, they're all sitting down and they're they're narrating over this scene. You know, talking to Robert Stacks to saying how you know he told everyone he was. Uh, fighting alongside the Irish Republican uh-huh. Army, and he just pulls out of the picnic basket this like certificate proclaiming that you know <laughs> yeah. he's the sole heir. And I'm like, who who goes to picnics and parks keeping that shit with them? Like, I yeah. oh uh, I figured you'd call bullshit on my claim. That's why I had this. <laughs> that's why I had this laminated notarized uh, 
you know, piece of paper here saying that I fought alongside the Irish army and I'm the sole beneficiary of the Starfire fortune. It's like... I'd be like, oh, okay, all right. I would be like, why do you have that uh, in the picnic bullshit. basket? <laughs> why was that under the ham sandwich, Strider? You know, like... That, that is not something that uh, a confident person would carry around if they really... No, that, that's, that's the safest place. I mean, that, that, that's a place of reverence for him. You put it under the ham sandwich. Well, you see, the Irish, they really love ham, so um, putting it under the ham signifies that you're good. Um, <laughs> oh, he would totally do that shit. He'd just pull shit out of his ass and, be, and, and explain that, too. So No, anybody can do that. Just go to like a what is it, like a, a stationery store or something and have them do it for you. Like that's not anything. Oh, nowadays with Photoshop, hell. Yeah, like, or Photoshop. It's like it's like that thing. There was this. You could pay for like a little tiny plot of land, and you could technically be lord or lady of this land. Like it's an actual thing. Like you buy pay a certain amount of money, there's this tiny square of land that you get the deed to, and then you're technically a lord or a lady of this tiny plot of land somewhere in, what, Scotland or some other fucking place in the UK? I always wanted to be a baron. That sounds pretty cool. Mm. Baron, Va baron, baron Von Cannon. Anyway, uh, but according to Lisa, those feelings of trust and security were destroyed one night in the Starfire home. Quoting Lisa here, she says, Out of the blue, he started to profess his love to me and told me he had been with lo in love with me for years. That was a really terrifying moment. As I would imagine it would be, you're sitting in the living room alone with an older man. and with the fireplace going. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, he's much stronger than you, etc., etc., and all of a sudden he starts saying this, you know... This, this well, it's also a guy you were really close with. Yeah, he I mean... like a father to you. Like, I had something similar to this, and I can't compare it, because I'm a guy, and I'm, you know, I was, I, I was never put into a position where I couldn't fight my way out of it, but uh, there was this older German woman that I became friends with, and I just wanted to be friends. I thought she was interesting and cool, mm -hmm. and she spoke German, and I spoke, you know, I speak a good bit of German, and I'm like, okay, this is awesome. And, yeah, one night when we were hanging out, she turned it sexual and was very, Ooh. very, like, yeah. persuasive. And, and, and uh, she, it's, I, I, it was this weird position where it's like she's my friend and she invited me over and she made food and, and, and drinks. And, you know, mm -hmm. I felt so rude, like, being like, you know, because she kept trying me, like, tr kept trying to kiss me. And I was like, no, no, like, really, you know. And I started off polite, but when she kept doing it, it was just like... I finally was just like, oh, okay, and yeah, you know, we ended up, uh, you know, we ended up doing stuff, and I didn't feel good about it, because I didn't want to fucking do it. I'm not going to say I was raped, because I wasn't, <laughs> but, I mean, shit, like, I understand how an older, someone older than you, that you just see them as a certain thing when they start coming on to you, especially, uh, I guess, if you're a, a, a guy preying on the girl, how that would be more terrifying. Mm -hmm. And let me just say, like, there is no fucking good reason why a 40 something year old man should be hanging out with a teenager from another home from another family 
alone, it, especially at- well, unless it's a tutor, like they're helping them with like math or something, or or if that's the case, you know, it's a legitimate relationship between a teacher, and I and I don't mean like sexual relationship. Well, I mean obviously. like a working relationship with a teacher. If that's the case, then it should be done at the appropriate time of day in the appropriate place. It shouldn't be. Uh, well, yeah, it wouldn't be at home. It would be at you know on campus if possible, and if it, at and if it's like a situation where they're not able to meet up on campus, like it's a weekend or something, then they can meet up at a different location and and something like that. So, yeah, I totally understand. There really shouldn't it shouldn't be unless it's like oh, it's actually their father or it, it's a, an actual relative or something. So after making his advance, Starfire allegedly seduced and then had sex with Lisa. Mm. For more than a year, the traumatized teenager didn't reveal what had happened. Le- that motherfucker. Lisa said that the secrecy took a heavy toll. She goes, uh, after Strider, and obviously they have her in silhouette and shit for this. She goes, after Strider did that to me, my life really spiraled out of control. I couldn't make any friends at school, so I quit going and I did a lot of drugs. I decided that I couldn't deal with it anymore. Starfire's behavior became more blatant in other ways. One day he brought home an unexpected guest. He introduced her as his new business partner. According to his ex-wife Mary Beth, quote, I had been getting a little bit of a rumor that there was more than just business going on between them. And when they came home, it was exceedingly obvious that they were being intimate. His wife was shocked when Starfire proposed that she welcome this woman into their home as his second wife. Yeah, Yeah, who wouldn't be surprised or shocked at that? I mean, what? (laughs) I just love how nonchalant he is about it. You know, uh, I I love her very much, and um, can she come in the house and be my second wife? (laughs) Please? I love you too. This guy really does. But I also th- love her. This guy really does think he's a king. You know, he thinks he can just do whatever <laughs> the fuck he wants in his own little kingdom in his head, which yeah. is the only place that this kingdom exists, apparently. And then, of course, the wife's like, "No, you fucking crazy Are you, nut Yeah. Job. Even in the segment, she goes, "Are you crazy? Crazy?" <laughs> which I thought was a great line. Yeah. I mean, that's a fu- yeah. Are you fucking nuts? What are you doing, bringing this person to our house? And you know, uh, it's like he wasn't even trying to hide it. Like other, you know, other husbands would do like adult when they're with their adultery. It's just like, can I, can I invite adultery, adultery into the house, honey? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was the last straw for honey. I'm home with, with uh, this other woman. Yeah, that was the last straw. <laughs> Within weeks, she, uh, the wife, filed for divorce. Uh, but it was not until after their divorce was final that Starfire's ex-wife learned the true depth of his lies and deceit. Lisa left a note saying that she was running away with her boyfriend. She also revealed the dark secret she'd been keeping all these years. Mary Beth said that she received a call from Lisa's stepfather. He said that she left a note, and in the note she stated that Strider had molested her, and I was torn between disbelief and belief. Lisa returned home the following day, but Starfire's ex-wife said she was still grappling with the disturbing revelation. Quote, I was just overwhelmed with everything that had happened. I had just been through a, a whole time during the divorce of finding out that he wasn't who he said he was, that the last 11 years really had nothing to do with reality. Strider Starfire was formally charged with felony rape and sexual assault. Then authorities learned from Lisa that there might be more secrets to uncover in the Starfire home. According to Detective Dean Persk of the Oregon State Police, when we were going over her case, she brought up another girl's name that she was aware was living there at the house during the time that she was. 
that's when victim number two was brought up in this. <laughs> yeah, you got another goddamn girl living over there? Yeah, yep. this is above board for sure. There's probably, there might even be more than that. Probably Some of so. Them, uh, not, not every victim in a case like this actually comes up and, and uh, talks to the police. So years later, a girl we'll call Debbie had often babysat for the Starfire children. This victim was in the ninth grade at the time <laughs> she was first seduced by Starfire. De this fucking guy, man. I want to string him up by his fucking nuts and light his ass on fire. Debbie told police that Starfire had won her trust with fantastic tales and promises to make her his princess. Uh, quoting her here, again, somebody who's in silhouette, he made up the fairy tale, and Strider, you know, really created a fantasy world for a lot of people. And for me, it was a fantasy that was sort of where I was really, where I really wanted to be in life, and it wasn't where I was. It obviously wasn't just an isolated incident. I had... I had to come forward not only to give validity to the other girl's claims, but also to just try and prevent this from happening to somebody else. And in the reenactment, this guy's like on this little like wooden walkway over this river. And he, yeah, it's like a park yeah, bench. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you can have anything you want because you're the princess in the kingdom. And it's like, yeah, oh, you were uh, such a neckbeard, man. God, neckbeard loser. My lady wearing his trilby hat. Like, that's all I can think of. Yeah, yeah, but... He's also a fucking scumbag. He's a molesting piece of shit. Yeah, he could, he uh, couldn't keep his fucking urges in his pants. Apparently, uh, other neckbeard. You know, there's a lot of neckbeards. You know, who are, I mean, actually nice people. Yeah, that who don't molest people. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I guess I'm giving neckbeards a not great name, but I mean, they don't really have a great reputation as it stands. No, the white knighting stuff is bad. That's that's not. But at least they're not being like oh you'll be my princess and they're not like 40 years old and then molesting nine-year-olds i feel at this point i need to bring up the uh, definition of a neckbeard for people who don't know the fire in this guy's name yeah light his ass on fire so a neckbeard is um it's a talkative self-important nerdy man who through an inability to properly decode social cues, mistakes others' strained tolerance of their blather for evidence of their own charm. That is, so, that is like the perfect uh, definition yeah. of a neckbeard. You beard. don't even necessarily, ha necessarily have to have a beard to be in the neckbeard category yeah. because there's people that act like neckbeards, but they don't really have a beard. It's also... Don't, don't, it's also um, uh, like for some reason, there's a there's a decent uh, contingency of Star Trek Next Generation fans that are like that. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not a part of that, but you know, it's it's weird because they're you know you get involved with Star Trek Next Generation fans, and you could have some that are really in that category. So yeah, that's that's this guy. Anytime I think about any this guy or anything he did, I I don't know for some reason I just think of. I don't know. I think a neck, but apparently he's he's one of the different kind of subver more subversive neckbeards because he was able to charm all these young chicks. But honestly, like they're at an age to where they're they're so like unsure of everything, you know. To have yeah. a, a guy who's very confident and all that, and well, he probably picks and chooses his yeah, victims. Well. well, yeah, that's actually so he the sees they don't that they don't have a father figure in their life, or they are looking for some kind of uh, companionship. And so he swoops right in. 
So, although Starfire was arrested, he was later released without bail to wait for his trial. Just 10 days before that trial was due to begin, Starfire, Starfire apparently fell overboard and vanished. According to Sergeant... It's more bullshit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> according to Sar Sergeant Patrick Kelly of the Whitman County Sheriff's Department, we have had a lot of people come up missing or drown in the Snake River, but in my 13 years of experience, I have never had one like this. Did Strider Starfire stage his own disappearance? When police examined yes. the boat, it was dry and didn't appear to have been in the water that day. All the fishing gear on board was clean and neatly stowed away. Inside Starfire's pickup, they found a fishing license in, in the name of Daniel Chafe, which turned out to be Starfire's, Starfire's real name. Oh, no shit. That's that's perfect, because he's, he's, he's a total chafe. He really chafes my he ass. Really is. Yeah, it chafes my ass. But uh, police and my balls. Police also. Wow. Okay. Police also learned that uh, others knew Strider Starfire as Curtis Jacoby. Oh, he's just great at picking douchey names. According to de uh, Detective Persk, I'm sure Mr. Starfire is alive and well. I don't believe Mr. Starfire was ever on the boat. I don't believe he was ever on that river. I believe he's hoping that at some point, hopefully, all this will just go away and he can lead a happy life. And there is an update here. That's more bullshit. <laughs> Daniel Chafe, a.k.a. Strider Starfire, a.k.a. Curtis Jacoby, uh, managed to elude authorities for 15 fucking years before he was finally captured in Montana. Well, that's a great state to move to if you want to escape from authorities, because I sometimes forget Montana's a state. Chafe was wanted on several charges of rape and sexual abuse of minors. Chafe pled guilty to four of the charges and after plea bargaining, was sentenced to five and one half years what? in prison. Five and a half years. Really? Jeez. That's had a damn good lawyer. So he's out. Oh, he actually died in prison in 2016. Oh, well, good. Don't need people like that out. Um, he's definitely on fire somewhere. That's for sure. So, the segment originally aired on the July 8th, 2002 episode of Unsolved Mysteries. It was actually from season 12, the last season. Showed you that there were still some gems, even in, in the last season of the show, that aired on Lifetime. He was also featured on America's Most Wanted. Oh, nice. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that... that those are our cases for this week. Uh, before I go, I want to uh, definitely let you guys know about your fellow listeners, so it's more of a communal thing. Um, this week, I want to tell you guys, and these, this is a totally true story, and, and uh, he confided this in me. I don't, I don't know why people keep doing this, but um, uh, anyway, Matt, Matt, uh, Matt Frazier. Um, I want to tell you guys a little bit about him. Um, so he was a police detective... And he, back in the day, he tried to uncover some ties among corrupt cops, the mob, and a charismatic politician who was named Vernon Trent. Uh, so after doing this, you know, you mess around with the mob, that's, you know, uh, eventually a hit was ordered on his family. Then it actually kind of came to pass. During this attack, Matt Frazier's wife was killed. And the cop himself, Matt, is severely injured. After he woke up from years long of a coma, Matt was aided by this nurse named Andy Stewart, who was gorgeous, apparently, from, from what I hear. I don't know how I know that, but anyway. 
Slowly, uh, he got back on his feet and he plotted revenge against those who wronged him, particularly Senator Trent. And you would know better than I did, Mike, because you also he, he also told you the story. Like, what did you know? Did he ever get his revenge? Oh yeah, he did. <laughs> and you could take that to the bank, the blood bank. <laughs> now I know some of you might be thinking. This sounds very similar to a Steven Seagal movie called Hard to Kill, but I swear to you, it is not. This is a real story, and it was told to us in confidence, and like what always happens, I spill the beans on the podcast, you'd think people would learn by now, but they never do. If you would like me to spill the beans on one of your confidential personal stories that are quite painful, consider contributing to us on Patreon. It's patreon.com. Slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. We do bonus segments. You get the podcast early. Uh, there's other various things on there that we're trying to get together. We're trying to do some live chats and stuff like that. Um, you can like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com slash uncovering unexplained mysteries. You can also join our Facebook group, which I actually would recommend you do more because it's a lot more interactive and uh, somebody's posting stuff on there and I can't tell you what it is and, or if I approve or disapprove of it. But uh, it's there, and uh, that's all I'm going to say. For those of you who live in Europe and um, outside of the United States, it might be even more valuable to you. That's all I can say about that. Um, we have a Twitter account. It's at UncoveringUM. UncoveringUM. I post exclusive stuff on there that you can't find anywhere else, like my mugshot, for instance. Um and what else what else is there if you want to if you want to find more of me and mike separately but very much equally you can like us on or watch our videos on youtube mike's youtube channel is youtube.com ocp communications he reviews movies what was the last movie you reviewed mike um i actually reviewed the entire uh hbo animated mirrors miniseries mirror series uh it was a miniseries uh based on spawn Ah, so I reviewed that fantastic and, series. Yeah, it's a great series, and uh, I p- uploaded a new episode of the other podcast I do with another friend of mine. You about movie news and stuff. Yeah, uh, called Cellular Nation. And then uh, coming up next, I'll actually be posting some more uh, videos. And uh, next reviews I want to be doing are for the Tomb Raider films. Ah, very nice. So if any of that interests you, go on over to YouTube slash OCP Communication. Check him out. I have a YouTube channel, folks. YouTube.com slash Dancing with Ghosts. The last video I did was uh, how to start a uh, successful podcast. Um, I am working on the new music video for my band, Dancing with Ghosts, so that's consuming a lot of my time. And um, you're about to hear some commercials for, um, for that particular album, so if you like what you hear, you can buy the album on Bandcamp, or send me a personal message. We'll arrange something. But uh, as for me and Mike, that's all the time we have for um, this episode. And to uh, quote the series that Mike reviewed on YouTube, now spawn, so turn off your lights. What's up, everybody? Josh here. Just wanted to let everyone know that my new album, The Nightmare Inside You, is now available on Bandcamp, Spotify, and iTunes. Thank you for any and all support. It means the world to me.
so the two Beckys and Roseanne, the ones playing her surrogate mother. What the fuck? Yeah, I know. It's crazy. That's yeah. so stupid. <laughs> Everyone's used to like them both being Becky at one time in the show. I know. Like, <laughs> is it the chick who was on Scrubs? Who's the surrogate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. God, Sarah Chalk, I think, is her name. They're both hot to me. <laughs> I dude, the the one, the original Becky, uh, she looks like she hasn't aged a day in her life. Yeah, she looks good. She looks like exactly the same. Can't really say the same for uh, John Goodman, but uh, no, but you know, God, he looks like. But he shit. lost some weight though, so he looks. That's a weird thing though, a like healthier, and so did Roseanne. And there's actually a gag where they're all like, uh, "Get rid of the." Because uh, the Becky is trying to be the surrogate mom, and she's just trying to clean up the house to make it look respectable for the surrogate, uh, for the the the. It's so confusing the surrogate thing. So because uh, they're all because they both play Becky, so like I'm also like what but Becky and then Becky and then no no it's a different character. <laughs> so she's trying to get uh, the actual Becky in the show is trying to get the house clean for the woman who is wanting to use Becky's womb for uh, the surrogacy. And there's all these pictures of them being uh, overweight, the family overweight, and just like, I don't want to put a, you know, bad message across or something. Uh, and then, uh, so I'm getting rid of all the pictures when you guys were fat. And then Roseanne's like, but that's when we were actually happy or something like that. Yeah, that's, that's a weird thing. Like when famous people um, be become famous for, you know, whatever role they end up playing. And, mm -hmm. you know, like people remember that whatever that body image is. And it's like, no, yeah, it's like those are the only pictures when we were happy. Well, <laughs> yeah. it's to me, it's like, no, you're supposed to look like that. You're supposed to be fat. Like, yeah. like, like when the guy in Blues Traveler, like lost all that weight. I think he got. Oh, yeah. Yeah. John Popper. And it's like now well, it's not just that. I mean, plastic surgery sometimes. I mean, uh, certain actresses are completely unrecognizable because of botched plastic surgery they did when they were older. Um, yeah. Melody Griffith doesn't isn't really recognizable that much. Um, Is that the redheaded? Meg Ryan? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't know if she's a redhead or not. But I mean, though, there's a lot of plastic surgery horror stories with stars. Um, Kenny Rogers looks nothing like himself now. He's not even recognizable at all after all the plastic surgery he had. Oh yeah, you can see it. Yeah, they always you always see it in the cheeks, like the uh, like the upper cheek area yeah, by the eyes. That. It's just like he looks completely different. He does. Yeah, it's like who is this? This isn't Kenny Rogers. <laughs> yeah, he, he starts does. singing "Lady." I'm like, all right, sounds like Kenny Rogers, but doesn't look like Kenny Rogers. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it, do it doesn't even look like an older version of him. It just looks like no. a, a different person. Yeah, yeah, that's God. That's I don't know, man. That's weird. It never looks good. And then it, it never. No, I mean, yeah. But then there's other. Uh, women uh, like Kathleen Turner who they just had a raw deal with some kind of a pituitary I think she had some kind of pituitary I don't know if it's, it's not pituitary it's it's because that's a male thing so I think it was like some other kind of gland glandular glandular, uh, glandular disorder there you go and it just made her 
overweight. It changed her chemistry, her body chemistry. She, uh, I think she got shorter too. Yeah, it's crazy. What? She looks absolutely nothing like she did in Romance in the Stone. Hmm. All right. Well, she was, um, she was hot back in the eighties. Well, I mean, as you might, you know, be able to imagine, I've never seen that movie. Uh, <laughs> have so. you seen Body Heat? No. Or Jewel of the Nile? Did you see her in Baby Geniuses? Nope. <laughs> I haven't seen any of those movies. <laughs> so, what order do you want to do this? Uh, we can do. I don't know. It's a good question. Did you hear about uh, Corey Feldman saying that he was stabbed? But I saw then the that. The police are saying that there are no lacerations, so. What is going on here? <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's doing the Corey, Corey and his angels or whatever the fuck that project is. But he's also doing the whole thing where he's saying, oh, there's pedophiles in, in Hollywood, and he's been doing that for a long time, and now there's been stuff that's been leaking out lately. So some people are coming up with theories like, oh, is he being stabbed because uh, people try out to get him or something? But then the police are like, there's no laceration, so I don't know. I mean, I have no idea. So he was saying, Corey, he, was saying he was stabbed? Or yeah, he, he yeah, he was saying he was stabbed, and then the police are like, we didn't find any lacerations, so I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> that, that's a weird, weird guy. He's and it's, I'm not saying it's his fault that he's weird. He's bizarre. But he's a weird motherfucker. It's just news of... He, he, he himself is news of the bizarre. Yes. <laughs> That whole Have album. you seen that music video he did? Oh, there's a video, a music video. Yes. No, I haven't seen the video. I've heard, I've heard the album, and it's absolute shit. It is shit, but the music video is like transcendent, transcendental shit. <laughs> it, it it transcends shit to a new level. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I got to check that out. Damn, man, I got to keep my finger on the pulse of this shit. So according to his ex-wife, Mary Beth, she said um, he was a father figure when Lisa had no father figure. She had no qualms of believing and feeling safe with him because he all... And I already fucking read that because I'm getting off <laughs> fucking track here. Edit. 109.51. God damn, dude. All right, let's get all the sillies out of here. This is the, I'm sorry. Josh has got to get so, the fuck out of here soon. That's so silly that you have to... It's. Have you to know what? Up. Fuck it. It's true. He's, he's, he's full of shit, so it's perfect. I hadn't heard the skeptic whistle in a while. This will be good B-roll footage. Um, <laughs> ow, fuck. Just bent my thumb back way too far. <laughs> ow. You turned, you turned the thumb. <laughs> Oh God! I like stretched it out too much just then. There I go. Ah. Turn my thumb. Yeah. Jeez. Ah. Dummy. All right, I gotta jump back <laughs> in this shit. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta finish this up. I'm starving.